Hello, and welcome to PW's LitCast, a podcast from Publishers Weekly. I'm Edna Watka, correspondent for Publishers Weekly. And today I'm speaking with Jane Isaac, whose book, The Lies Within, is being published by Legend Press, who is the sponsor of today's LitCast. So hi there, Jane. How are you today? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, this is very exciting. I was, um, it's been a real pleasure to be introduced to your work. And just for those who, who might be getting acquainted with you for the first time, can you tell us a story a little bit about, about who you are and maybe the story of how you came to be a writer? And then we can delve into the book itself. Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Jane Isaac. I live in um, the sort of rural Northamptonshire, so it's kind of the middle of the UK, about an hour from London. Um, I've been writing fiction since 2009, so for about eight years. Um, but I haven't been a writer all my life. I've done lots and lots of different jobs. I kind of, like many people, fell into writing. Uh, it's, the turning point came for me about 18, 20 years ago when my husband and I decided to take a year out and travel around the world. And we were given a diary to keep at our leaving party. And neither of us intended to keep it. We didn't think that we would use it at all. But actually, we both wrote an entry into the diary every single day on our year away. So we came back with a little collection of books. And I think it sounds kind of cliche, but that's really got what got me into writing, what, what really sort of um, made me think about what I could do with words and the power of words. Because years later, when, um, when I had my daughter and she'd be sleeping in the afternoons, I'd pull the diaries off the shelf and have a little read. And it was the diaries that really brought back the memories for me. We have photographs all over our house of our travels, but it was the diaries that made me think about the red earth in Australia, made me hear the street music in Bangkok, made me smell the spices in Kuala Lumpur. And it just started my love affair with words, really, and stories. So that's kind of how I got into writing. What a charming way to, uh, to, to find a calling for yourself, I would say. Also, a, a world trip uh, never, never hurts anyone's uh, you know, state of mind. It was absolutely fabulous, I have to say. It was brilliant. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And I started with nonfiction. I did some freelance writing for a number of years, actually. Um, and it was a creative writing course that introduced me to writing fiction. I, I didn't see myself as a fiction writer at all. And yet now I, I barely write any non-fiction. It's nearly all fiction. I completely was bowled over by writing fiction. Well, it's, it's quite a leap to make from a, a travel diary to having written, I believe this is your fifth thriller mystery. Is that correct? It is. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you can t talk to me a little bit about what is the appeal um, before we get into The Lies Within, which is the third in a series uh, featuring uh, Detective Inspector Will Jackman. But what is the what is the appeal of um, t for you of the thriller mystery uh, genre? Oh, well, I think it started from being very, very young. I've always been a big reader. And I was one of those little girls that had the torch under the bedclothes, desperately trying to get to the end of... It was Enid Blyton that I first started mm -hmm. with when I was very young, desperately trying to get to the end before I was found, the end of the book before I was found. Um, and then, of course, Agatha Christie, Hercule Poirot. Um, I just love the twists and turns of a good mystery. I love a good whodunit. So when I started writing fiction, it was the natural genre for me because I've read so much of it and I just love it. It keeps me on the edge of my seat. I love a good page turner. 
So you wanted to share some of the, the the passion and some of the excitement that you had experienced and see if you could recreate that on the page for other people. Absolutely. And I didn't think I could at all. I'll be honest. When I started my first book, um, I really didn't think that I would be capable of doing it because it's incredibly difficult, as all books are to write. But um, but it, it, I think you have to absolutely love the genre that you write in. You have to be really passionate about it. And if you are, then it comes out in your words. Well, tell us a little bit about the protagonist here, uh, D.I. Will Jackman, and and how how he came to you as a as a character. Well, I think with Will Jackman, I wanted to. Um, I mean, we all all writers try to do something different with their main characters, and with Will Jackman, um, I'm um, I'm very close to a um, serving police officer, serving detective, um, and I wanted to sort of. Show them as they as they are, if you like. I mean, we, we, there's lots of books out there with divorced, alcoholic um, detectives, but there are a lot of detectives out there that remain married and, you know, they live normal lives, they have children and all the rest of it. And Will Jackman is your regular guy next door, but and he's been married to Alice for years and she's the love of his life, but at the same time, he has um, some issues in his life which, you know, cause great upset. Um, a year a year ago, before the first book in the series is written, Alice had a car accident. She went to pick him up um, unexpectedly. He was out at work still and got drunk. Um, and um, the car was sent off the road and Alice um, suffered um, injuries to the basally arteries in her neck and ended up with total locked-in syndrome. So the love of his life, his wife, is in a nursing home and she suffers from this condition which means that she can't communicate, she can't move but she knows exactly what's going on around her. And that, for Will, is just a terrible hardship, having to deal with that day in, day out. But having said that, he throws himself into his work, he loves his work, and he has a great relationship with his teenage daughter. So there are good things in his life too, but he is your regular detective. He's really, really interested in catching the bad guys and what makes people tick, and he'll go that extra mile to do that. Right, but you don't shy away from giving him a potential love interest and, you know, putting temptation in his path. Well, he's, you know, he's a red-blooded male. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, his wife's been sick for some time. Um, so, um, yes, we do play with the love interest as we go through the series. Of course, you have to, I think. It's, uh, it would be, it, would, it adds to the uh, spice, as you would say. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, the setting for this particular book, uh, The Lies Within, which is... Um, you know, it, it it draws quite a bit from its uh, from its locale, but for a um, a North American reader who might not be as familiar with the nuances of the area, maybe you could talk about some of the appeal of setting a book in uh, Northamptonshire in the in the environs. Absolutely. Well, the Will Jackman series is predominantly set in Stratford upon Avon, which um, even if you haven't visited, uh, most people worldwide know know of Stratford upon Avon. Obviously, it's the home of William Shakespeare and all the rest of it. So, uh, most people have, have seen photographs or seen footage on the television, and that's where he lives. So, the series is predominantly set there. Um, this um, this particular book, he's on location. So, part of it is in Stratford upon Avon. Um, but part of it is in um, a small market town called Market Harbour, which is on the edge of Leicestershire in the Midlands. And it's very quaint, very pretty, very old, lots of little box 
cottages and things like that but it's also the setting for a murder quite a brutal murder as well yes absolutely and the beautiful rolling countryside and the lovely picture box cottages are sort of you know cross-reference with a murder running right through the middle so it shakes the town up quite a lot it's a small market working town um but it is it is beautiful um and if um, any of your um readers ever come to Northamptonshire or ever ever, ever visit London which is about a, um, as I say an, an hour south of us mm-hmm. then um, I would definitely recommend coming out to Market Harbour because it's beautiful it's very pretty well Grace your main character here uh, who is the um, the kind of foil for for she's she's the both the victim's mother and uh, you know in a twist of the plot becomes even more complicated uh, as the book progresses and what um, what inspired you to write Grace as a character who becomes a victim in, in many senses of the word? Well, I've always wanted to write a book that follows um, um, a, mur- a murder mystery from the very beginning, from the, when the act is happened, when the murder is committed, all the way through to the end of the court case. Um, I mean, most police procedurals and most of my police procedurals finish with when we find out who's guilty. But I always thought it would be interesting to explore the case all the way through. And um, all my books are written partly through the eyes of a lead detective and partly through the eyes of somebody else um, affected by the case because we see the investigation play out through both sides. And I really like that psychological aspect of how crime affects families, affects everyday people like you and I. I'm absolutely fascinated by that. So I, I always kind of follow that pattern. And with Grace in particular, I got very, very close to Grace because, I mean, I have a teenage daughter and in the book, um, Grace loses her teenage daughter. She's murdered um, and she's um, subjected to this prolonged police investigation where the leads dry up and, she, you know, she's getting frustrated because they haven't caught, she, there's no justice. She have, they haven't caught the person responsible. Um, so she goes on her own covert investigation and... Um, when another body is found, all everything points to Grace being responsible, and she's charged with murder, and she's sent to to prison. And at the end of the book, we have a series of courtroom sort of um, scenes that play out to find out whether or not Grace is, abs- is is guilty or not. And then, of course, we have a little twist at the end just to to make it a little bit more exciting. Oh, for sure. No, that epilogue uh, really really wraps things up um, in a in a way that's most intriguing. So in this way, you have double investigations. You have, you know, two two sleuths, one official, one unofficial, two victims, and um, and then also the procedural that goes all the way through. It's quite a complicated novel, I would say. Lots of research. <laughs> I was about lots, to lots. ask you about that. Yeah, <laughs> lots and lots of research. Yes, um, I think um, I part of me thought I'd bitten off more than I could chew with the um, the courtroom side of things because I'd actually never set foot in a courtroom before um, and I spent a lot of time in Leicester Crown Court, um, court number six, their main criminal court and they were wonderful, I mean the judge, the ushers, the the, um, the jury, um, the barristers were all absolutely brilliant but um, it helped me no end with research but I wrote my courtroom scenes and I had them read by a barrister and he, he sort of said no you can't do this, you can't do that, no no it wouldn't work like this and it was really, really hard to to make them authentic but keep them high tempo because they're at the end of the book. So I literally had to rewrite all the courtroom scenes again 
to make them more authentic. But it was very, very difficult to achieve that, that kind of high tempo excitement at the end. Well, isn't the whole point of a court proceeding that it, it lacks emotion, that it's meant to be nothing if not rational? Generally, yes. Yeah. But of course, we have Grace's thoughts as she's, as she's sitting in the, you know, in the dock going through, which, which hopefully helps. But yeah, very, very um, challenging. That part of it was <laughs> very challenging. So it's nothing like we see on television. There. No, that's so unfair <laughs> because I thought it would be. <laughs> right. But no, it's, um, and I think as well, our courtrooms are slightly different to yours as well because they're a little bit more stuffy when we our barristers wear wigs and gowns and you know that it's um generally the procedure i think is fairly similar but um the way that they act and the way that they they sort of hold themselves is maybe slightly different they're not allowed to walk around the, the courtroom they, they have to stand behind you know the bench and all the rest of it so there's loads and loads of um rules and regulations lots and lots of detail that goes into this Absolutely. So you're uh, you're on your third Will Jackman book, and do you see this progressing into a, a longer series as a as a character, or what are your ambitions for him? I would love to write more Will Jackman novels. I mean, I have another series. Um, my first two books were the DCI Helen Lavery books, um, and I would I would like to work with both those protagonists again. Um, the project that I'm starting to look at at the moment is a standalone. Because I think it's really important to keep it fresh and 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 um, not sort of get into um, a, a situation where you're just kind of thinking, what can I do with that character now? When when the case, the ne new case for Will Jackman comes to me, then I'm ready to write it absolutely. So at the moment, I'm 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 sort of thinking about maybe a standalone. Um, it will still be policey. It will still be detective with the psychological element as well, but just something to keep everything fresh and and. Um, I just believe that you, you should give readers something different every time, if you can, um, and make it better every time. So um, this just seemed the right route for me at the moment. Any chance of a crossover between Will Jackman and Helen Lavery? I've been asked that a few times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're very, very different characters, very different characters. Right. So, I mean, the first Helen Lavery um, novel was um, released in the States, actually. It was first, it was first published there. So, um, and that did really well. So I think um, it would be lovely to work with both of them again. But I'm not sure that they would work well together. I don't know. They both have the same cause, if you like. So they might clash. Well, should readers start with the first Will Jackman or should they progress? Can they just jump into the lies within if they're curious? They literally can jump from, I mean, all my books are written as standalone novels. Um, and I, as the, as the series progresses with Will Jackman, I'm finding that more difficult to do. To to feed the backstory in in, in a unique way is quite right. difficult. So, um, I'm I'm not sure how I'm going to achieve that going forward. But at the moment, all my five books are all written as standalone, so they can be read in any order. Um, it doesn't matter if you haven't you know read the one before. It's always important, I think. People like to be completists, of course, so sometimes they want to, to know what order. Absolutely. I speak to some readers and they're like, oh, no, we have to start from the beginning. It's important. And that's fine, too. But if you did pick them up out of um, sequence, it wouldn't matter. Excellent. And do you get more confident as your uh, career has been progressing? Or does the task of facing the blank page become, or is it always as daunting as it was at the beginning? It gets worse. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, no. I think you just. I think it's all about expectations. Um, sure. I mean, I know. I know now that I've written five books. I know I can write a book. But every time I start with that blank page right at the very beginning, and I'm, 
you know, I'm thinking of 90 to 100,000 words and creating something that's really special. I think, goodness, I don't think I can do this again. It seems really like an overwhelming task. Um, so, um, and you just want every book to be better than the last. So you still get the nerves when they're, when, when you first finish and your first readers go through. You still get the, um, when they're first released, what, you know, you worry about readers' expectations and all the rest of it. So I think it, it, it doesn't necessarily get any easier. And maybe that's a good thing, because I don't think I'd like to be complacent. I'd, I'd like to try and, you know, if I, if I know that I've put everything into that, that particular novel, then um, I've done my best. And hopefully, then it will reflect in the words and the story. Absolutely. And what's it like working with Legend Press? Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Oh, they're a delight, actually. They're great. They're fabulous to work with. They're an absolutely lovely team. Couldn't be more helpful. Um, I have a, a lovely relationship with the um, the editor there, Lauren Parsons. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're really, really lovely to work with. Um, they'll help you on, on any level, really. I mean, even if I'm sort of initially initial thoughts sending an outline or uh, first few chapters and 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 laurel will be well oh yeah i think that will work or no i'm not sure that will work you know so and that kind of guidance is really helpful it, it makes a lot a lot of difference because you know there are lots of ideas that you have which aren't necessarily going to play out into a novel um, and that guidance can be really valuable is there anything that uh, that people get wrong or incorrect or misinterpret about your work that you want to to uh, to correct? This is a great opportunity to do that. Um, I'm I'm quite lucky. I think most people I, most people sort of see it as fairly authentic. The only thing I would say with crime novels, it's incredibly difficult, especially with detective novels, to make them completely authentic. Um, I mean, in a police investigation, especially a homicide. You're going to have a massive team of detectives working on that, and it would be very confusing to have that in a book. So we sort of hone it all down to maybe sort of the top four people that are working on it, and you've got your your main character. So that means that your lead character, like Will Jackman, will go out and interview people, whereas inspectors certainly in the UK don't do that. They actually do more desk work than anything else. They'll go out to the initial murder scene and then they'll delegate a lot of the other stuff. Ah. But we tend to have our detectives doing more of that kind of thing. It makes the book more exciting. It spices it up. Um, and it also um, shows their heart, if you like, which is, is really nice. You know, we get to know the person really well. But certainly, um, I, I would imagine it's the same in the States. Certainly, um, people of that sort of grey detective inspector, detective chief inspector, rarely interview themselves. They usually delegate the interview interviewing process. They're looking at the big patterns and trying to spot something that, that gives them a clue. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, is there anything we haven't touched on, Jane, that you want to make sure that we uh, we have a chance to discuss or a question that I didn't ask that you were hoping I would ask? I would like to say a big thank you to everyone that's read the novels and sent me so many lovely messages. I really, really appreciate it. It's, it's the lifeblood of a writer for, for people to actually read your work and enjoy it. So thank you very much for that. I think gratitude is always welcome, particularly uh, from fans. Well, thank you very much. This has been a real delight to speak with you. Uh, it's been PW's LitCast. We have been in conversation with Jane Isaac, the author of The Lies Within from Legend Press, uh, which is available from any good bookseller now. 
Thank you so much, Jane. We really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you.